Commanders, and welcome to episode 248 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, that's Commander Phoenix Fire, otherwise known in real life as Colin Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Chief Bastard, Commander Grant Psycho Cow Wilcott. Good evening, everyone. We have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Souverine. What up? We have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. And hiding at the back is our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Ed Levice, Ben Moss Woodward. Have you gone and from, thrown Fozzer out the airlock again? No, he's had a, a, a puppy emergency, apparently. So Commander Fozzer is not with us tonight. I thought people had kittens, not puppies. <laughs> well, he's probably having puppies now, considering considering his eBay conversations that have been happening lately. Uh, but we'll leave him to tell that story himself, I think. Um, now, if you wish, you can join us live. I do believe Ben is somewhere out in in the universe. I am. Oh. I, I am. Although I, I will freely admit that I am actually hiding in the Hutton private group because I'm doing the CG and oh. avoiding toxic waste at the moment. Avoiding toxic waste? Yeah. Right. Have you been round to uh, Slough then? Oh, I thought it was... I, I would have said it's Slough, but I, I'm actually hanging round the area that Sagittarius I have been habiting, so maybe Souverine wants to comment about that. So, Souverine, can, are you going to tell me that Sagittarius I is now the new Slough? No. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's going on with um why 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 the slough reference? You don't know about you don't know about slough? <laughs> it's a ye olde story from ye days of your <laughs> God, Shan, you're making us feel very old. We would wind well, that up. makes me old for remembering it as well. Remember, <laughs> we used to wind up um, the the slough hammers that uh, basically <laughs> the the space station there would uh, basically mine radioactive ore and spread it everywhere. I, I blame the Dockers podcast for it all personally myself, but. Um, Yes. Kate Russell was not too happy with us, what with her book being set in in the Slough space station. Was it, I think <clears> most <throat> of us blame Dockers for a lot of things, to be honest. Yeah, but was it not if I remember rightly, then if I remember right, the Hammers then got their own back by dumping bio-waste outside of Lave Station, which 
they dropped so much of it, it actually crashed the instance because they dropped like <laughs> 300 tons of it. And you made it so you couldn't actually move in lathe because of the white blobs on the screen. Yeah, there was that. <laughs> oh, didn't they do that to Birmingham World as well, where um, to- uh, dockers are supposed to be set? Oh, they do it for everybody. <laughs> you, you were trying to jump in there, cow. No? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I remember the days when we could actually make proper clouds of bio-waste. You know, back, back in the alpha and the beta days, when they didn't despawn after a couple of minutes. Yeah, and there wasn't no, but... hard limits of, was it 20 or 60 or something silly like that? Yeah, you... they didn't. They hadn't put the hard limit in, so yeah. basically you'd fly around and there'd be <laughs> it was brilliant. 400 tons, 400 of these white dots... And you basically, it slowed the frame date rate down to basically negative frame rates. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful testing days, testing oh. times for us all. <laughs> and you've already got us off <laughs> reminiscing already. Ah, uh, so <laughs> quickly trying to get things back on track. If you can't get to us in-game, then you can also join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat. And, of course, that will take you to where we are live at twitch.tv slash laveradio. So let's have a, a quick run around the group, see how everybody's been. Um, I think we'll have to start with uh, Commander Psycho Cow, because we'll, we'll just have people um, shouting at us. How have you been, Grant? What you've been up to? Yeah, been good. We were doing the uh, the big Hutton uh, Bentos Balls convoy at the weekend, so we did a wee radio show for that. That was a that was a lot of fun. Um, I say a lot, a lot of fun. It was a lot of death, uh, misery, and <laughs> yeah, twisted metal, and uh, yes, oh, and our, um, our our convoy leader forgetting to fit a fuel scoop, and then our fuel rat forgetting to fit a fuel scoop. <laughs> <laughs> It was awesome. Was your fuel rat flossy? Yes, it was. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, it was quite a brutal. I mean, the 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 ganking started before we'd even started the event, um, and <laughs> it didn't stop at all. So I think I think in total we lost about 150 ships uh, in the convoy. Wow. But the convoy Jeez. got there. I lost. I was robbed by a pirate properly, and. It just goes to show, actually, that there's room for piracy in this game when it's done nice in the right way. You know, it, it gives you it gives you a sense of danger. Now, without without the sense of danger, without the uh, countdown for three minutes and then the jump, uh, without having the unknown at your next stop, makes it pointless. It makes it shallow. It makes it, you know having your heart in your mouth. As the drop completes and the radar comes up, and you scan it for any brown triangles with hollowness in them, and then make brown f- triangles—is that what you were thinking? Well, that's what they look like. We brown triangles because green ones would be the people in your convoy and, and who are part of your squadron. So that was kind of you know your safe contacts. So you immediately scan for the brown ones or orange, whatever. Um, <laughs> and if you can see them, then you start to panic. But we had a little advanced wing that would go ahead, and then you'd hear them engaging, and then we'd all come pouring in in the rate of knots, start the three-minute countdown, and just try to stay alive long enough to get the next jump. It was, you know, 
what makes this game spectacular. The gankers had a field day, the pirates, um, some of them. I'll have to give a shout out to Karumba, who is possibly the worst pirate in existence. <laughs> <laughs> when he wasn't so far behind us he couldn't catch anybody, he was then being robbed by other pirates. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, there was a lot of that. But all in all, it was a great fun event. Good couple of hours. Lots of people involved. We did the cross-party uh, chats with Xbox and uh, using Discord for PS4 members so that we could all be part of the same chat using the radio to create that uh, connection to everybody as well and uniting everyone in the one task it made it feel like you were part of a movie you know that you were all trying to get these essential non-essential balls through to the station and uh, if you got taken out you'd go back to the start and just start plodding back along again and doing the run it was a lot of fun and all in open. Is there really well, a brown and orange colour blindness? I mean, I went to the um, I went to a hearing clinic today and found out that my ears are very good. Oh, which means that it's I'm, a pity I'm, you can't see with them. Yeah, which means that I'm not actually going deaf. I'm just an ignorant bastard. Oh well, we could have told you that. <laughs> so, so that was nice. He asked me, "Would you like me to print that report so I can give it to your wife for her to hit you with it?" <laughs> Please, no. That's not fair. Yeah, so, that phrase. Oh, I know you can hear me. Don't pretend <laughs> you're deaf. So, uh, I think it's just a case of I've maybe gone out, got out of practice because I've been finding for a long time that in noisy environments I have no help I can't hear anything that's going on or what anyone's saying apparently it's just because I'm an ignorant arse so yeah <laughs> no I'm not colourblind is that an official medi- medical diagnosis then? well yeah. I think it's official enough to go in my tombstone <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to actually I wanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back you up here Grant because I find if I'm in a noisy environment or I'm focused if I'm focused on something if I'm if I'm coding yes then somebody can be talking in my ear I'll nod say yes I've got no fucking idea what they said to me yep so you're in the ignorant camp too <laughs> um, I do apologise to everyone. This seems to be becoming more the old man podcast, who where we we are generating more and more old people symptoms as we go. <laughs> Deafness, colour blindness. Yeah, any green eyebrows yet? I'm just focusing on things. No. Um, grey eyebrows. Uh, okay. Grey nostril hairs. <laughs> oh god, I had that problem. Oh, yeah. Have you got? Hair, have you got hair coming out of your ears yet, then, Ben? No. <laughs> what? Okay, um, moving on. <laughs> Grant, if people will ask, how's the bathroom? <laughs> Quickly. Okay, well, um, we are still waiting for Muth to improve in his health. He's, he's, he was hoping to get some done this week, so we might still try, um, but he is struggling, um, and so we're waiting for the cons- consultation, I think it's the beginning of July, uh, where they'll hopefully have a new course of action to um, help get him some relief but until then mm. it's just going to be a well, case fingers of fingers crossed it's going to be okay for turning up to Leifcon. Oh you'll be there no matter what it just means that you know you, you may well be in transition the majority of the time that he's there. To clarify I mean he's in transition from the room to the bathroom not... <laughs> 
Well, not that not Leif, any other yeah, podcast, LaveCon is currently going to do some kind of transitioning podcast live from the event. That's not going to happen. Although if Ben keeps being like he is, there's a possibility that there might be. <clears throat> I've got my kill, Tandy. Oh, and right. today's oh, episode oh, title oh. is One Foot in the Grave. <laughs> yeah, beneath, on his great on his gravestone says beneath this sod lies another. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We're out with the dad jokes already, and we're only five minutes in. Okay, uh, Ben, what have you been up to this week? Well, while Grant was playing with his balls, I was watching Aladdin with my son. That's really about it. Have I lost everything? Hello. Hello, Colin. No one, is talking to, no one is talking to Ben ever again for that confession that he watches Aladdin. You spoiled it. We were just going to keep quiet and make Ben <laughs> Ah, uh, uh, right. Okay. <laughs> Supreme, take over. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> right, so um, whose who's week were we at? You. Um, you were were I, I was just a bit to not play with Grand Spores and watching Aladdin instead. Good, okay. Uh, how, how was so. Aladdin? I really liked Aladdin, actually. Um, I went. I had low expectations. Better um, or worse than Grant's balls? Less cheesy. Cool. Okay. What, Aladdin yes, or Grant, Grant I had Aladdin. <laughs> Gods. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, where, was that in? Did you come to London to see that then? No, no. It was the um, the film version with. Um, oh, what's his pass? Fresh hey, Prince of Bel Air. Will Smith. Yeah, him. Oh, random. Uh, it was really good. Well, it's just out. In, it's it's just been released by Disney. Uh, it's out in cinemas at the moment. I really enjoyed it. My son really enjoyed it. Jolly good. Um, I would say it was probably better than the cartoon version. Wow. Yeah. Praise indeed. And what what about in game? What have you been up to in game? Only thing I've been doing in game has been jumping from Sagittarius, no, from Beagle Point to Sagittarius A star, and doing the CG for Sagai. How are you finding the trip back to the bubble? It's fine. It's just jump, jump, jump. Look at stuff. Uh, go. Ooh, that's pretty. Um, so I'm actually, I'm actually quite enjoying the the trade CG at the moment. Mm. Uh, just because I've, well, I've been jumping out in the black for the past, basically since it feels like since January or something like that. Yeah. So doing the c- trade CG for Sagai has it's been like a nice little breath of fresh air, even though I am doing it in a Type Nine. Yeah, having an having an alt for something like the return trip from from Distant Worlds Two is probably a really good thing because I imagine that if you if you don't have an alt, um, coming back from the end of Distant Worlds and being finding yourself at Beagle Point miles away with no direction must be quite disheartening, especially if, if, if all you've yeah. been doing for months is jumping and all you've got to look forward to for months is jumping More back. jumping. Yeah, exactly. I can understand. I, I can imagine that people would be... Uh, having an alt would be a real breath of fresh air. Oh, space madness is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been doing... Um, I've been doing lots of the CG. Um, I was away at the weekend for my cousin's wedding, um, which was um, a real countryside affair. Uh, morning suits and marquees and rain and all that sort of thing. All the traditional stuff, um, which was painfully boring and awkward. And nobody asked me what my combat rank, rank was once, not a single time. Um, 
and uh but and on the tail end of last week on thursday and friday and then uh and then yesterday and today i've been doing the sagittarius i community goal same as ben um which has been going quite well actually is um tell me people who do more of this than i do is tier six a respectable level for a cg or are to finish on or are we underachieving it depends on what the cg is combat sort of bounty hunting cgs tier six is quite low for trade cg it's probably about average if you're dealing with rare goods or guardian items and stuff like that then tier six is good yeah okay fair enough but it's um the cg is just haul three different metals to mcmullen ring with nothing nothing else so um i think we're, yeah. we'll probably we'll probably uh, hit tier six this evening, I think. Let's see how we're One doing. thing that I noticed, which kind of surprised me, is it wasn't picked up by the elite CG crowd over on Reddit. What's the elite CG crowd? S- Reddit slash r slash elite CG, which is well, which is slash used to be a great place to go and basically find out about the CG of the day and what huh. you need to do, where you need to go and do it. Well, I feel very um, slighted. Um, I, I'm guessing it's because it's the first proper CG we've had in a few, oh, several weeks. Yeah, and they've they've basically they've lost their will to live. <laughs> indeed. Yep. Yep. So, indeed. Suve, I'm hearing something that you might have maybe ranked up recently as well. Yeah, boy. Um, I have hit Trade Elite today, which is pretty exciting. Um, so I hit, um, I hit Exploration Elite a few months ago um, after spending months and months and months out uh, on the far side of the galaxy, jumping and watching both series of Twin Peaks, which was really quite nice. Um, and uh, and then today, uh, as a result of all the hauling for the CG, I got a little message in my uh, commander's inbox saying you've been promoted to elite and the thing is i did i didn't actually i wasn't tracking it and i did i don't i wasn't thinking oh you know three more trips to go it just it was um it was quite a surprise um and i also haven't really done a, a huge amount of money grinding in the game um all i've just done all i've done has been extremely mediocre at playing it for five years um so it, it feels quite organic and it, i got a real sense of achievement out of it so so yeah it's quite nice who else is trade elite here? Me. I am on my main. Um, I'm nowhere near anything on this character. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, well, I've joined an illustrious group then, haven't I? So what are you going no, to no, do with I'm your newfound riches? Um, well, I am rather limited to upgrading or purchasing spaceships, aren't I? So I suppose I'll be doing that. Um, at some point, when Elite Dangerous has morphed into a sort of No Man's Sky-style build-your-own-base on whatever planet you like, with all sorts of procedural animals, then I imagine I'll be building hot tubs and farms and and jet bike garages and all that sort of thing. But in the meantime, hot I imagine... tubs on water geezers. <laughs> yes, precisely, absolutely. But in the meantime, I'll tell you what I'm going to do with it. I'm uh, I'm going to buy myself a Type Ten Defender. Because since buying the Type 9, I've become really enamoured with, um, with well, it. And um, the idea of something that 
uh, is the same size and makes the same noise, but with a socking great spoiler on it and more guns is quite appealing. So I'm going to I'm going to buy a Type 10 and kit it out for piracy, um, and get over the fact that it's about as slow as uh, a part of geography um, by putting um, drag munition uh, frag cannons on it, so I can slow people down. Um, and then I'm going to be a dread pirate. Um, but I worked out that I need 500 million for this, so it's going to be quite a slow, quite a slow process. Um, you're a you're a fan of big ships, Shan. Have you flown the Type Ten? Uh, I have, yes. Um, it's okay. It's what I didn't like about it was the hard points are lopsided. Right. So you've got your class threes one side, war class threes one side, then you have class twos. So if you're trying to lie line up to kill Thargoids and stuff like that fixed weapons, it can be a bit of a pain. Um yeah, I'll, it was it was it was okay to start off with, but I think it's it as a Thargoid killer, which is what it was designed as, it's been somewhat superseded by other ships now. Do you mean that the this it's not symmetrically laid out? Yes. Ah, random. I didn't know that. I have heard that if you um rather than assigning fire groups according to pairs of guns symmetrically if you if you assign fire groups on left versus right apparently it's a bit more effective and it gets over the convergence issue i don't know whether whether you tried that or not yes but you've still got a convert if you've got three so you've got two class threes one side and one class three the other side is going to be asymmetric no matter the fire groups. yeah yeah fair enough hmm Random. Uh, it's okay. I mean, it's 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 a real pig to fly, and yeah, as I say, as an anti-thyroid ship, um, it's been superseded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Well, moving on. Um, I don't know where our illustrious friend Colin Ford has gone, but um, but we shall just we will carry on bravely, shan't we? Um, so first thing, um, we've got more information on. Well, more information has emerged on the um the protester who um blockaded shinrata desert station last week was it last week i think it was last week um there's um a week last sunday a week last sunday um and um i haven't really been following this so um I, i'm fairly sure that shan's on top of it do you want to tell us about this shan yeah i can do um this was a, a chap who's interviewed on, I think it's kind of a Plato stream a week or so ago. And uh, he was using the equivalent of his main account because he wanted to draw attention to the uh, cheating and from what he saw at front is lack of response to it. So he sat, he got his uh, beluga, uh, sat in the docking slot of a of Shidrata with uh, the cheats on, your infinite shields and stuff like that, and basically just let it shoot at him while, of course, blockading the station. So the only way people could get out was to change mode. Mm. So he then explained, you know, I'm not... I'm, I'm, I'm protesting about the apparent lack of response to cheating, demonstrating how effective they are, and I fully expect for Frontier to ban me for it. Um, so he wasn't griefing. All he was doing is... This, sitting in the station being a, a target. And um, lo and behold, uh, Frontier has banned his account. I did. I was aware that that had happened. But um, since then, people have been... Um, I've, I've, I heard that new evidence has emerged that he's um, that he was actually 
a, a long-term cheater and user of these hacks and that it's not a simple case of um, a valiant protest in the face of um, in the face of bureaucratic indifference. Is that correct? I hadn't heard that. I don't know the truth of it and it could be someone trying to justify the ban or it could be true. I, I, I kind of don't think it matters no. what he was or what he did before. Um, I think what does matter is what Frontier did about it and what they'll do about people who do it subsequently. Because if the only person they banned was the guy who did it publicly on stream and everyone else gets a slap on the wrist, then you can kind of think, well, that's a bit inconsistent. And, you know, mm. revealing, revealing something is worse than actually doing it. Or, that was, yeah, that was my take on it, certainly. Um, it, was a, it was a good opportunity for Frontier to publicly make a... Do the you know make um, enforce the the EULA, which which they did. Um, but then the question is, well, is that what they do every time? And I know I know from botting cases that usually what happens with accounts that have been flagrantly botting is that they get a thirty day ban rather than a permanent ban. Well, Frontier did try and clarify um, their policy, but twenty odd pages later it still seems many in the community don't regard their response as uh, appropriate. That was the statement from Page, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. Phew, that, that was if you read through that forum thread, it is it is basically this is not good enough is the basic response, isn't it? Yeah. To which to, to which Paige responded um, at, at the last stream she was on with, uh, that's all we're going to say in the matter, uh, and that's what we're going to leave it. So, yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of comments. You've, you'll notice on the forums a lot more threads have come up uh, that says, oh, have you seen, have you been done by a cheater? And those kind of threads. like, And it, you, you get the feeling that there's a lot of people out here that don't have the confidence that it's the problems being dealt with. Yeah, that's definitely the uh, definitely the the feeling in the community is that that we take it very seriously and we have a EULA is not a robust response to it. Considering that other 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 companies that run online games, um, you know, publish figures about how many people they ban, me, you know, make it clear when they ban somebody and who that person is, all that sort of thing. See, I don't see why they can't release numbers of people who are banned. You don't have to. They don't have to say commander so-and-so got banned for this or whatever. There's no data privacy issue there. If they just said, say we have, we have banned 326 players for using the hack or whatever it is, there's no risk to them at all. Is there, is there any... So, genuine question. Is there any risk at all in Frontier publishing a monthly report saying... Um, Commander Souverine's been banned for this. Commander Shan's been banned for this. Commander Phoenix Defy's been banned for this. Yes, because it's secret of naming and shaming. And if, if 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 the games company starts naming and shaming people, then it's like open season for other people to do the same. But crucially, those aren't their real names, though. These are our these are internet no, commanders. As far as, as far as data privacy concerned, there isn't an issue. But if we if they said, oh. Um, Commander Psycho Cow was banned for flying a Type 9, then 
we can say, well, okay, well, why hasn't a super Indian band applying a time nine or whatever it is? You know, we the naming and shaming just breeds more naming and shaming. I think that's why they shouldn't do it. So what happens if it was just, sorry, Colin, what, what happens if it, was, if it wasn't, um, so, I mean, technically naming and shaming is just Commander Suverine's been banned. You, you don't have to say he's been banned for anything. You could just say Commander Suverine's been banned. What would the ramifications of that be? Um, because, you know, if, if, if they'd made a mistake, your, your commander name is then tarnished with being a cheater. Yeah. Whether it's, it, it's like being... Like the recent case in EVE. Exactly, and oh, what, what MMO was it where they just blanket banned a whole load of people and then found out, oh, we shouldn't have blanket banned them, but it was too late, they'd already um, named and shamed them, so to speak. It, 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 it's just a case of, um, you keep the Alan, the Alan, uh, Alan, oh, I can't even say the word, you keep the identity secret, <laughs> So that basically, if you have made a mistake, you can put people back in the game, and they don't have that suspicion that they're a cheater. Because if you if you say Commander Souverain's a cheat, and that comes from the company, and then they they turn around later and say actually he's not, not everyone believes that, but they will believe that you're a cheater. I mean, w- w- there there are okay. So your your internet name is Sullied. Your commander name is Sullied. You could choose a new one. Uh, you could, but I've been playing as Adel of Ice in many guises since the mid-90s. Yeah. So I'd really, you know, okay, I'm not cheating and I wouldn't cheat, but I wouldn't like to get my name sullied either. No. No. Um, Commander Prime... Uh, what's it? Prime Commander Starion. Oh, sorry, that's just... No, that's just... It's Starion. It's just Twitch copy-paste failing. Right. Um, well, he says, or she says, why not JGEX do? J- JGEX, wh- who, what game do they publish? I don't know. Um, they have an in-game event that's done up like a trial, uh, and bot accounts are named during the trial. So, you know, th- th- there's another example of another company who, do, who being a bit ro- more robust and no doubt deal with these sort of issues. Um, so I, I guess, like, I don't have a horse in the race particularly, but I am interested in in why Frontier feel unable to do this kind of thing when many other get companies do these things regularly and, and you know seemingly without these ill effects, if that makes sense. Well, the, the one thing that interests me is that actually most of these so-called bannings, they're not bannings, really. They're suspensions. Um, say some of these bot accounts that you've seen, they, they, they get banned for 30 days. That's not banning. That's just you having your account suspended. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes when you you have these um, people who are cheating to such a horrible degree that you think you're just spoiling it for everybody else. Why not just you see? I think people on them. See, my my own personal opinion, not that relay radio or anything, anyone I to mm-hmm. is frontier are ridiculously too lenient on exploiters and cheaters um for example i know one uh commander who used the engineering exploit over five thousand times yeah and only got modules taken away in any other game i have ever played that would have been instant ban 
because you know doing it once accidentally or to try it you can kind of think yeah okay it's a couple of times to try it and then they stopped but doing it 5,000 plus times that's not accidental that's deliberately exploiting the game mechanics for mm. your own advantage and I mean, they are far too lenient on things like that and I think it's to Frontier's detriment they're not stricter because I don't know anyone who would say who would not cheer if they they took a stronger approach to cheating and exploiting. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean I agree with that because the um there's a there is a feeling that Salome event would have turned out a little bit differently. Or maybe Drew we would have got one more system further on <laughs> than than it did. But because of that there's a lot of people who had their modules taken away who were involved with that. Yes, and you can also say that it is manipulation of routers and stuff like that uh, to cause delay or instance failing or whatever it is. Is that exploiting as well? Because, or I know certainly you can put certain firewall or router rules in place to stop you instancing with certain people. Um, and it's a way of getting around um, these these open and private group restrictions and things like that. So I think there are things you can do outside the game that influence in-game as well. So it just they just need to be really, really hard of it. I mean, I know people like the idea of shadow bands, but nah, just take them out. Well, it does seem to me that the chat room does agree with you. One person uh, is saying Shan for president. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bitstorm is saying, imagine if Brabin was your dad, you'd get away with everything. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I must admit, Shan, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I mean, does anybody have a, a contrary approach or idea? No, but I'm, I know that a lot of people do. I've had several heard several people saying, "Well, imagine imagine you were frontier. What you know, you couldn't do this because of this reason. You couldn't do this because of this reason." Um, so the, I think a lot of people do think that it, it doesn't answer the question of why the hell not other companies do. Okay, um, so I'm sorry. Can I just, I just? I was just thinking of one possible reason, and I'm not saying this is the case. <laughs> I wonder if Frontier don't do it. Because they don't have the resources to do do it, you went off and blocked good. like ten thousand people, and then you get nine thousand people saying, "Actually, um, I've not been cheating." How long would it take for them to respond to that? But they had the resources. My counter that is, they had the resources to write custom routines to remove all of engineered modules from players who were exploiting it. I mean, oh, we, don't just, know, we don't know how hard any of that was, whereas we know that cheat, automated cheat detection systems are... I mean, there's also an exploit many right at the start of the game where, it, where some players inherited 5 billion credits at a time when getting an anaconda was a huge achievement. Mm. And uh, Frontier then took away all that money from people. Um, so that they can definitely do it, and... It becomes sometimes you say, okay, for the, the health of the game and the community, we have to spend the time and the effort to do this. And from Frontier's responses, and again, my own opinion, I'm not convinced that the answers they've given us give that message. 
Definitely not. What one one somebody said something. Uh, this this is an argument I've heard twice now. I think, which is, well, what would you do if you were Frontier? They don't have the manpower for this. They don't. They can't evaluate all of these situations. It's over. There's too. There's too many. It's it's overwhelming. Of course they can't. That is. That's basically. That's that's basically that's not a defence. That's an admission of defeat. If you know somebody's saying, well, they're under, they're too understaffed. Well, hire more staff then. You know, it's a, it's a profitable online game. Um, the, you know, if 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 you can't, if it's not policeable, if the if these statements of, you know, we take it very seriously. We've got a EULA. We won't tell you anything else. We'll never tell you anything else. If these hide the fact that they can't enforce it, then what you've got is a really really unhealthy game. You see a certain games company who make a game we're all familiar with um, on this show. <laughs> um, so is someone trying they, to avoid avoid Shan? They tennis. have the they have the um, they have fewer employees than Frontier have, and they have been substantially more aggressive and uh, punitive in dealing with exploiters and more public as well, with less resources than Frontier have available to them. And, you know, I do have, and the game they um, they sell has an excess of four million copies sold. Sold. So it's well, a bigger game with less people, and they can still be on top of exploiting. You see, I have one thing to ask about that. I mean, how many people are playing online in this other game? I got a sneaking suspicion there'll be a heck of a lot more than there is playing Elite Dangerous. And my worry is, is if, they, if they start banning a lot of people, I think you'll you'll find that it might be a little bit more than the 2.8% that they're claiming. Well, I, so what? I'm I'm sorry, but if you if you if you want if you say cheating's wrong and you have a and you know, you have to have a, a healthy community then you have to get rid of the bad eggs, the exploiters and people like that. And it, it sounds harsh, but unless you enforce a EULA, there's no point having a EULA. Correct. A bit of paper and something you click, or something you see on screen, you click accept on. There's absolutely no point having it if you don't enforce it and you don't make it plainly clear you are enforcing it. Just on the EULA, um, this is... If you read, I don't have it to hand, and I wish I did because it's really, really, it, it, it's illuminating. The wording of the EULA is is something like, "We don't condone the use of any third-party tools that give you an advantage in the game." Um, the EULA is basically worded incredibly vaguely, and if you were to, if you were to, um, if you were to to give to read it in, with a, a sort of an expansive view to to what it en- encompasses, you could argue that. The EULA prohibits the use of EDDB or any other third-party tools to to help you play Elite Dangerous at all. Um, in terms of enforcing the EULA, the you know I said this, I made this comment to a friend of mine, and and, and he replied with, "Well, of course it's written like that. They need to be able to selectively enforce." So the response to to what you're saying, Shan, is, um, you know, um, absolutely, you know, totally, totally agree they're they're not enforcing the eula um consistently because if they did they'd basically we'd all be banned everyone would be banned i've got a mate who has a macro for buying um for buying fortification supplies he'd be banned everybody i know uses eddb to work out um to work out trade routes they'd all be banned um you know in most third-party tools 
Yeah, because it's a third-party tool that gives you a um, that gives you an advantage in the well, game. Well, the way other ga- other games companies um, were they they EULAs, is it's stuff that automates uh, gameplay, not necessarily provides information about gameplay. So, for example, if you have like EDDB, in my mind, that's okay because you're not actually automating anything. You're just doing a search and coming up with results. There's no difference between that and doing a ship build on Coriolis or, or shipyard. Totally agree with you, but the wording of the EULA is definitely vague enough that you could argue that it includes that. Yeah, stuff. so make the EULA stricter. Make, oh. make it more explicit. Yeah, go on, Ben. Sam, <coughs> oh, let me just get rid of that frog. Um, if you ban all, all automation, that basically says forget about HTS voice packs and voice attack. Correct. Yeah, because voice uh, voice attack does have this ability to to automate some tasks, and I'm not quite sure. But is is voice attack one of the things that the botters use, or have they got their own voice attack? Would de- voice attack is technically definitely against the current wording of the Elite Dangerous Eula? Definitely. Oh, great! I can get banned then. <laughs> yeah, my, my my point is my point isn't that you're all about to be banned. My point is that Frontier have deliberately given themselves a Basically, a EULA that says we can choose to ban you or not, or or not at any time for any reason. This isn't this isn't a question of did you break the rules or not. It's a question of do we choose to enforce them or not. Yeah, I mean, you've got to. You've also got to see the thing that we do not condone. That doesn't mean we're going to ban, does it? No, exactly, exactly. And it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. The EULA doesn't stipulate the response they'll take. It doesn't stipulate the warning they'll give. Um, you know, there's no, if you do this, this is the result. If you do this, this is a ban. You know, these classify as ban offences. These classify as, as 30-day ban offences. There's, no, there's, there's nothing nothing like that. It's just, this stuff's... I'm not messed. sure there is EULA by other games companies that says we will definitely do this. They, they always leave it up to judgment. Um, however, I think... Inside every reasonably reasonable player, there's a, a, a sort of a common sense thing that says, if if you do this, you are exploiting. Um, yeah, and I think everyone kind of knows where the line is instinctively. Okay, Ben, do you want to make the last point before we move on? Otherwise, we're going to be we're going to argue this for the rest of the evening. <laughs> Don't cheat and stay in school. Is there another point you're wanting me to make? I, th- I think he already made his his, uh, his point with the, the lots of dots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, then. Well, um, moving on from the uh, the cheating issues, um, we've obviously had the statement from Paige on the forums, which uh, is, is all wound up on that. However, there has been a couple of other items which uh, are of interest. Uh, first of all, there has been an um, uh, a job advert appearing on the uh, FD website for people for them looking for an AI vehicle programmer. Now that that has obviously piqued some interest. What could that be used for? I wonder. Anybody? Uh, want Frontier to? is going to help Tesla out with her autopilot. Can anyone make the crazy frogs advert sound, Grant? That's what I think it means. <laughs> A ring, ding, 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 ding. Sorry, that was my best effort. Okay. I, I, the only thing I think... It, well, there's several things it can mean, I think. 
you've got the at, the at the low end of expectations you've got someone they're bringing along to fine tune the ai for skimmers and at the other end it could be well npc um driven um slbs which we can only hope for because the one thing when you're actually driving around one of those cities is that it does feel very sparse that you're the only SRV in one of those big cities. It'd be nice if there was some um, other AI SRVs driving about, causing traffic accidents, you know, the usual. Do we think there'd be SRVs? Well, that's the fun thing, because a lot of people have been asking about uh, new vehicles and uh, uh, I think it's fair to say when asked about this Page and company do seem to say we've got nothing to say at this time with a slight smirk <laughs> so, ooh, ooh I like smi- slight smirks that's exciting so I guess this is the problem because we're getting so little information we're watching the community manager's body language <laughs> during <laughs> during the streams to see if we can catch him out in a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps at Lavecon when we should, when we talk to Paging Co, we Oops. should we should we should try and make them tell a fib to see what their body language is and then compare it to what it is on stream. I know. We we invent a game which we hook them up to a lie detector and then throw questions at them. Ah <laughs> oh, dear. Can we can we tie this into the pub quiz somehow, Grant? Maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, no. <laughs> no, oh no. It's better I'm to, to of, it's better what's to the legitimate do it, reason. It's better mm-hmm. to do it with new microphones that they have to press to hold, and that what it does is take their pulse and their statistics. <laughs> we, we'll need to get the um, skin salinity levels and things as well, don't we? I think, you I'm know, quite sure. I'm quite sure John Stabler would probably write an app for it. <laughs> probably would. Um, one thing that I want to war- be slightly concerned about, though, is I do hope this means everything is okay and nothing's happening to the Mistress of Minions. And she, the Mistress of Minions is getting her own minion, as opposed to needing a replacement Mistress of Minions. But she does a very specific sort of AI, doesn't she? Oh, she does she, the AI she, she. for... Yeah, but I don't see why she couldn't use her skills to... Take your skills down down to the ground as well. So, are we sure that this position is purely for elite, or is it for something for Planet Zoo or some? It kind of... reads very elite. the the it's job elite. The job request reads very elite. Well, the other thing which is actually happening in game now is that um, Colonia uh, Will has confirmed that Colonia is going to a high tech planet. This means that um, a lot of the mining equipment, which has not been available in Colonia, uh, will be available from some of the stations there. It also means that you'll be able to get ships like the Ferdelance and the Mamba also turning up at some of these stations. So, good luck with the gank fest, guys. <laughs> um, there's been a, a couple of com- um, comments about, well, do you know how this is going to affect the the economy at Colonia and so on and so forth. But I think the only reason they've created uh, ups the um, the tech level, if you like, is that the uh, 
the mining tools are available. So hopefully in Colonia, happy mining, mining rather. Now, um, Frontier Developments has also announced a publishing partnership agreement with Heyman Games. And apparently these are the guys behind Surviving Mars and the Tropico series. Um, Who would like to talk about that? I don't know apart, anything about it, I'm afraid. Apart from saying that I think there's in about two years, Frontier will be publishing a game for for the for them. I don't really think there's a lot more we know. It's just basically it's a it's a press release with the usual or what I would call the usual bullshit from the usual suspects. Um, not really saying anything exciting. It's just like we're really looking forward to working with these guys and. These guys are brilliant, and we love their games, and they love us. And are they really excited? Of course, they're really excited. We're very excited. Um, so there's nothing really. There's no tangible information there, um, but it's it's nice to see that Frontier are taking that next jump, and hopefully, it's going to mean basically them getting money for selling other people's stuff as well. Surviving Mars is supposed to be really good. Elite. Mm, yeah, it's, it's going to be very good, and the Tropico series is very well received as well. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, Frontier apparently are... If I remember reading the press release proper, uh, fully, then Frontier are at least contributing towards the development of the game as well. <clears throat> so, Heyman Games are basically building a game for Frontier, I think. And then Frontier will be releasing and publishing it. So basically, they, they've turned um, into EA. Poacher, yeah, Poacher turned go- ga- game. Gamekeeper. <laughs> game thanks, thanks. So I was, I was troubling to get my uh, words out again. Um, yeah, it, the amount of times that David Braben has blamed publishers for causing them problems, and now they've become one. <laughs> yes, which hopefully means they've they've learned the lessons from these publishers, and they're going to be awesome. They did. They did. So. They did say um, a while ago that publishing was was going to form a big part of their business yeah, plan for the next five did. years or so. On a pure speculative front, do you think this is a prelude to a potential acquisition? What, to Frontier buying Haymont? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't think so. Well, they're, because they're quite... Uh, Haymont have got 60 employees. Frontier have 400 Hmm. Yeah, but they're in. So, they're in. Where are they in the world? They're in. Um, they're in Europe somewhere, aren't they? Czechoslovakia well, yeah, or that, something. Somewhere in Eastern Europe, not, if I remember correctly. That's not a particular kind of block anymore, is it? Hmm. Uh, I and, don't know. And and, uh, and potentially, um, I'm assuming the cost per developer in Haymont is cheaper than. Um, a UK one in Cambridge. That's it probably. also opens it up. That's true. It also opens the potential up to um, move some of the development offshore to reduce costs. I'm not saying this will happen or anything like that at all. It's just a model that has been used by other companies. Well, mm. <sighs> that's not something worth thinking about at the moment. <laughs> anyway, um. I think that covers all the development news for today. Uh, so we've also had this week, or on Friday rather, Newsletter 269 came round, which basically covered um, the end of the Bridging the Gap 
event and Paige going around the generation ships looking for ghosts. There were new squadron paint packs. Um, Did any of those strike you as interesting? The wording was interesting. The blurb is like, show the galaxy your allegiance, but the squadron paint packs aren't, they're just patterns. They don't appear to have an allegiance on them. Mm. Yeah, I was was hoping for some genuine federal ones or some general imperial ones, but it doesn't seem to... Yeah. (laughs) It's it's an odd name. (laughs) They're they're very nice, but it's it's, it's just an odd odd blurb, odd name for them. Well, maybe if everybody's in the same colours, I suppose, in the same squadron, it's it's a bonding thing, I suppose. Wasn't there squadron packs before we had squadrons? I'm thinking about the the ones that look like um, the paint paint schemes of rebel ships in Star Wars and things. I think I think you're right. They they used to have squadron packs before we had squadrons. If you see what I mean. True. Yeah. Good point. It was the name of a paint pack before it was a a game feature. Mm. Correct. Hmm. Well, uh, also between the 14th and the 16th of June, uh, Frontier are also taking part in the Great Mammoth Charity st- uh, Stream. So. Um, We'll put a link in the show notes uh, for for that. And um, also, they announced a speedrun competition from Commander Exgenius. Uh, so we also have the forum link and the announcement video if you haven't already got them from the newsletter. So um, I think what we'll do, if it's all right, we'll take a break uh, and then we'll come back with our main discussion. Lave Radio. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. life, choose a ship, choose a career, choose a cargo, choose a f***ing big ship, choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers, choose good health, low cholesterol and ship insurance, choose fixed interest loan repayments, choose a space station, choose your friends, choose leisure wear and matching luggage, choose a paint job and hire purchase and a range of f***ing colours. Choose decals, exploration, and wondering where the f*** you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting in that chair, running mind-numbing, spirit-crushing trade routes, stuffing f***ing junk food in your mouth. And choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in the void, with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space. Until some f***er comes along to steal your ship, your cargo, and your clothes, leaving your bones floating out in space. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got onion heads?
on the far side of the bubble, on the dark side of an airless moon, on the slightly more interesting side of a ravine, there lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, monkey, prickleback, soul, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wabagum, banjo, banga, snook, soul, shad, scat, come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw, hooma, hooma, nuka, nuka, wapa, wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister! You're in the wrong commercial! Well, shit! Fish, because, you know, space! And welcome back. Um, now, our main discussion uh, today is more, li- more like an extension of what we were discussing last week. Um, we asked last week if anybody had any ideas or whether or not they'd like to weigh in on what features Frontier might add to Elite da- Dangerous in the coming year before the big 2020 update. And Commander Hunter Sage gave us some fantastic ideas for us to debate. So um, we do have four uh and he does say that you know he's 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 pretty much like um, I think most of us who only gets a, an hour or so every day, you know, basically part time fatherhood levels. So um, first of all, um, he suggests that the the SRVs need some love, which is quite ironic considering we were just discussing the AI um, vehicle programming. Uh, I mean, he suggests two new models of SRVs, um, positioning the Scarab as the midsize model and have a smaller motorcycle-like SRV, uh, which is faster but has no cargo storage, and a larger tank one, which is much better armoured, has more cargo space, perhaps like a walking spider tank in Ghost of the Shell. Um, What do you guys think to these kind of... um, these kind of ideas as far as I SRVs would, are concerned. I would like a motorbike at like SRV so long as it emitted coloured smoke that stayed there and so you could play Tron cycles with it. Tron! Um, just just a shout out to the bloke who um, uh, presume, uh, assuming it was a bloke uh, who made that submission. Um, if you're listening, it was those are some of the best and most well thought out ideas for the game that I've read for months. Really, really smart ideas. Really, really good to read. Really enjoyed it. There you go. Uh, I mean, I, I must admit, I did like the idea of the motorcycle SRV. Yeah, me too. Would you have coloured smoke coming out of the back though? The like, problem that like you coloured the, the <laughs> colored smoke, Chan, is that these things, because they'll, they'll work with real, work, real world, world physics, so to speak, you can't turn at 90 degrees. You can't, you can't do a right angle. 
So it, it, you lose the trauma. Try effect. telling, try telling Auto Man. Auto Man doesn't exist. I refer <laughs> you to the fact that the ships have top speed in space. <laughs> oh, you can swivel the wheels, couldn't you? The wheels could swivel and they could just go sideways. Like the, like the bat bike. Yes. You've still got momentum to overcome, though. Yeah. Oh, look at look look at you can actually hear the 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 wheels go. The cogs moving. Head to head as they try and think. Ah, but we could we could do this. Ah, uh, it could work fine. All the old jet bikes wouldn't work for this reason. Of course they bloody would. It'd be great fun. No Man's Sky put them in in a, as as part of a quite a small patch. That there's that the, you wouldn't need any more gameplay. The Airless worlds are are covered with ramps basically canyons and ramps that would be bloody brilliant to zip through on a motorbike like there's no you know all this nonsense about oh it wouldn't work because of x y or z of course they would work it'd be you wouldn't need to put any more uh, gameplay in them just uh, give, uh, give them us and we'd just zip about and do jumps and stuff it'd be yeah uh, and since when has realism ever been <laughs> a thing in elite really precisely precisely yeah, but there is a point where you'd push it too far, and that's and that would be it. But yeah, I totally get the I want to be an evil Knievel vibe from this, especially when you're going off on ramps. See, so you can make it to the other side of the Grand Canyon. Precisely. I mean, if you just just look at what the community have managed to do with essentially a lunar lander, and we've we've been given something that looks like an insect, and um and. The- um, build your own cardboard bu- box fun, as, as Shan calls it. We could have so much fun with um, with jet bikes. It'd be brilliant. Especially if you could have trails that damaged other cycles coming into it. Uh, yeah, back to this. <laughs> well, I suppose you could have it so that you know you've 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 got a rear firing gun if you want. I mean, would it, would yeah, this is an interesting one? Would your motorcycle SUV have a turret? Or would it be forward only guns? It be forward only because how would you how would you person a turret if you are a motorbike? There's only one person in it. There's only one person in the in a SUV. I, I wouldn't wouldn't be right. What, what would it do? Is it would pop out your helmet. <laughs> would like your helmet sort of like pop out a little turret and shoot now. Nah. Listen, if you if you want your your motorbikes to go around at a straight ninety degree angle, I want a blooming turret on mine. <laughs> <laughs> ben, what do you reckon? I don't think you're sure a gimbal scrub, Colin. <laughs> Can't use weapons. Shan, let Ben speak before he explodes. I've been calling for a speeder bike, basically, in Elite since we had the SRV announced. Um, so I would, <clears throat> I would prefer a speeder bike rather than a wheeled bike. Um... I mean, I do like the idea it's got no cargo, but it's still be able to yeah. pick up mats. Yeah, it's no cargo, pick up mats, but I'd rather a speeder bike. Basically, because even in this six-wheeled thing that we have at the moment, you can be driving along on what appears like a perfectly flat and stable plane, and then suddenly a pebble will come up and you do 90-degree turn and so find finding yourself driving backwards. <laughs> And there you have your ninety degree thing, Colin. You could go drop a, <laughs> you just need pebbles. Drop a pebble drop a pebble in front of the SRV and it would just but, And thinking about speeder bikes, just while we're mentioning that, they actually did have turreted or at least gimbaled undercarriage weapon uh, guns on them. 
They did. They did. Yes, but they were still forward firing. Yeah, that's what I would say they gimbaled rather than turreted, but still. I could accept a gimbal gun that's you know, a bit like the Apache helicopter where you look at fires. I can live with that. I mean, what do you what do you think of the uh, the better idea the the other idea sort of not the better idea but the, the other idea of the walking tank or the uh, in the tank style SRV? I mean, I know that people have been calling out for um, more cargo capacity on an SRV. I, mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, we we've got the the speeder bike of whatever the bike is one extreme, and a a tank at the other. Um, it makes lo- it makes a lot of sense whether it's a a tank tank for base assaults or whether it's like a, a giant cargo truck or one of each. I don't care. That's all all good. And I love the idea of it being a legged walker rather than something on wheels. Just something a bit different. I love that idea. It'd be very I do as well. Yeah. I, so slow. what if it's slow? If I take fifteen pounds, it's awesome. Imagine the fun you could have with. Uh... Arachnophobic. Can we make it jump? With uh, space legs, you sort of park in front of the ship, and this spider thing jumps out at them. Yeah, well, if you, it, it, yeah, if you have these things with legs, then I want a tow cable on the back of my uh, speeder bike. <laughs> so for it. the um, uh, the the tanky thing would actually fill a gap in gameplay. The, 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 a lot of the missions, the base assault missions, the, the ones with the, um, the the ones with three plus symbols are bloody hard, um, especially in a in a little moon buggy. Um, mm. Having having a big tanky mech thing, um, I think a mech and a jet bike would, is what we need. Um, it would actually really fill a, a gameplay niche because those base assaults, uh, you need to be an you know, it, it's kind of. Um, it would give you the option of do you do it in a sneaky nip in and out way or in a tanky blow everything up way, which would which would multiply the use of those assets that already exist in the game. And you'd make them multi crew. <laughs> <laughs> well that's a that's a difficult subject. We're hoping for the twenty twenty on that one, aren't we? Uh, it won't happen. Definitely won't happen. Um Sandro said that uh I think it was Lavecon last year that, um, or or earlier that um, adding SRV, adding the SRV to multi crew would require a major redesign of the game. Um, what I don't understand is the SRV and multi crew were released in the same content season under the same management team. The same designers at all levels oversaw the release of both. Why would you not design those things to be to be you know? compatible it doesn't doesn't make any sense i could i could understand it if they were in st- different seasons and staff had come and gone and you know this one was the brainchild of one designer who had since moved to a different game and and one was the brainchild of another but that's not the case it was the same management team well there might be a limitation to the cobra engine that um we're not aware of could but, be uh, Um, yes, Commander Starion has also suggested that they could have a cargo vehicle, which is effectively a tractor unit with multiple trailer modules. So if anybody would like to uh, create a convoy... <laughs> I'd want in Eddie Stobart colours. <laughs> so basically we'd have space truckers and space planet truckers. 
Oh, that'd be so good. Imagine a imagine a planetary convoy between two different settlements on the same planet. <laughs> and so what you you, you attack with? Sorry, Colin. No, you go ahead. So, uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say then. If you had a convoy, would you then have to have um, white SRVs with flashing lights on top to set a road <laughs> and things like that? It it does. In all seriousness, it it, it does open the um, the con the the concept of um, uh, planetary piracy. True. You know, if you if you have, you know, if you have something tanky with more cargo the SRV and then something nippy with no cargo, call, you know, call it jet bikes. Suddenly you've got the prospect of um, planetary piracy, which would be a, a whole new sphere of the game. If you're really going crazy, you could link them with base with player build bases. So your, your convoy and your spider things and your Tron cycles or whatever could raid a player's base and steal whatever you were storing in it and run away. So some sort of heist, <laughs> all of a sudden, we, we've all of a sudden started to go a bit Mad Max, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> Wotherspoon says sandworms, and Bitstorm suggests war elephants, both of which make absolute perfect sense. Okay, and, uh, a war elephant. That you, can you imagine the the size of the vacuum suit for that? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the um, and I think that is a fantastic suggestion, and, and we can hope that I mean there has been that there's been something in the news about the the, the in-game news about the the maker of the SRV being taken over by someone else, which of course made everybody jump on and think, oh, perhaps we're going to get new SRVs soon. But um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see on that. But it, does that feel about the right size for uh, part of an update? Yeah, to me, I think. If, I mean, it doesn't. It, it's not about size. It's about it. The community weights things on different, like ship names, for example, were were, were heavily weighted in terms of in terms of community priority. Um, they are significantly less of a development milestone than Space Lakes, for example. Um, yes. So, like, you you can class things in terms of workload, and you can class them in terms of how much import the or, or how important they are to the community. SRVs, although although I, I, don't, I have absolutely no idea how much work they would be, but even if they were not very much work, a point update which just introduced two new models of SRV would be would be, I, I think the community would be in raptures actually. Mm. Okay, well, moving on from there, uh, the next suggestion that he's got is rogue planets. Now, um, what he estimates here is that um, a rogue planet is a planet that has been cast off by its star and is floating freely in interstellar, interstellar space. Astronomers currently estimate there are over a trillion rogue planets drifting through the Milky Way, ranging from frozen rocks up to massive superjovians. We could assume having a rogue planet too close to your ship's course in which space could cause a FST malfunction and drop you back into normal space with some ship damage. Uh, a bit like, you know, one of these Thargoid uh, hyperdictions. But um, we have a, a rogue planet encounter instead. Uh, the planet would never show up in the galaxy map 
and doesn't need to be join, uh, generated by the Stellar Forge, but it could be a random uh, occurrence. But the rogue planet itself could have some rare minerals, biologicals, even some kind of Guardian Thargoid or, or something else ruins. It could add that extra bit of danger to exploration and maybe a new twist in the possible location of Raxler, which I'm not quite so sure about personally, but okay, who'd like to take on that one? I like the oh, idea... Oh, 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 go, go sorry, no, no, sorry, I'm jumping in but I, I like the idea, but I'm not sure it should be random. Right? That's exactly that what... what I've just typed out. Um, I was like, don't make it random, make it every single time you jump from System X to System Y. Um, so it, it can be repeated. If right. you know that every time I jumped from Lave to Deso, I'm going to bump into the planet Raxler, then, then that's how we find this planet. But I agree with don't show it up on any system maps or anything like that. Because um, even though these things are moving at billions of miles an hour or ho however fast road planets move at... In terms of interstellar space, it's still pretty damn small. And in terms of... So I think we could justify having it. It's always going to be there in terms of actual our gameplay time. Hmm. Um, um, well, at first... Okay, Silverine, have you got anything to say on this one? Uh, I think it's a brilliant idea. Really, really good idea. Rogue planets are fascinating from a, an astronomical perspective. Um, and... Um, I think that the the plausibility problem is that um, there are there are trillions of them, but the the space they occupy is um, vanishingly small, and the chances of uh, the chances of like your hyperspace journey being interrupted by them sort of frontier might argue that that that's not how hyperspace works. Hyperspace isn't a shortcut through normal space; it's a different dimension or whatever, or a or a direct. A direct hole between two places, in which kind, in which case, in mass of whatever is in, in is in between is slightly irrelevant. Um, and also, so, so you know, and it we're also capable of leapfrogging stars in hyperspace. Um, you know, we regularly jump to a star, and there might be three or four stars in in between that are massive that don't pull us out. So, in like, in terms of plausibility and 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 fitting within the game world, I don't know whether it would work. Um, in terms of an idea for gameplay, it's brilliant. And I, I've often thought that it would be great if, hi if, if hyperspace had an element of uncertainty to it. Mm. Uh, ben, do you want to jump in there? I was going to say, when we finish up on Rogue Planet, I was going to say, also, we know they're in the game. Let us see comets, please. Uh, right. I'd love to see comets again in-game. Uh, I mean, personally, I, I, I think the rogue planet thing is is a fantastic idea. Um, I don't know about whether or not to make it make it random. Maybe, maybe have it random so that yeah, you'll always there is a rogue planet between Deso and Lisi, Listy, but you only drop out of it, drop out in it, you know, once in a while, not every single time. Because then it's it's not special. It's just a, a block in the way to get to Listy, isn't it? Yeah. We, planets. It's sort of been. We, we've the, the game. The game world has established that stars are, are massive enough objects to jump to, 
um, if planets were massive enough to jump to, then we'd have mini jumps within systems. That's yeah, and point. yeah, that's that's some that's a source subject that because we've all I think both me and Ben have have said that well, we we would like mini jumps between stars within a system, but uh, yeah. that, that's always been I think that's been kind of turned down a bit quite quite often, hasn't it? I think what we can summarize what we can summarize this idea as they want more stuff in the in, in the game in terms of interstellar phenomena. They and also want comets, they want rogue planets and it'll be accretion discs around black holes and then it'll be, you know, proper pulsars and so But there's an element to the suggestion which is um it's not just about stuff in the game, it's also about um adding uncertainty into routine routine things um so having having a one in a hundred chance of hypers- something going wrong and something interesting happen happening with a hyperspace jump would be brilliant i think well it, it, it already is brilliant when you get high predicted by a yeah by exactly. a bunch of thargoids yeah when you exactly can... yeah. talking about things to add to the game we could also use a graveyard in tianila <laughs> <laughs> And those of you who are following the Lave Radio drinking game, have your swig now. <laughs> are you uh, going to ask that in the panel at LaveCon, Ben? Oh, you know he's going Only to. Only if Mike Brooks actually is showing up. Hint, hint anyone from Frontier, get Mike and Sandy to come along too. We love you, those guys and we miss them. But, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so has anybody got any other ideas about the Rogue Planets? No, I mean, um, Shan, you mentioned stuff about black holes. One of the suggestions he had was make black holes scary again. Um, he was told that once upon a time, black holes were a lot more dangerous than dwarf and neutron stars, but um, playtesters complained about this, seemingly offended that the universe's most dangerous objects well, were actually uh, dangerous. Um, Frontier... Um, accepted this request and basically nerfed the black holes into just dark, fluffy bunnies. So basically, these are points that you just fly through. Um, how do you feel about making these things lethal? I don't know, imagine, Shan, you'd be all for it. <laughs> yeah, totally, because you didn't used to blow up as soon as you hit the event horizon of a black hole. What used to happen is you'd heat up very rapidly as you tried to jump out. And so your main course, source of damage was overheating. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have these immense gravitational forces. Um, and, you know, it, it, from what I understand of black holes, the event horizon isn't like an all or nothing thing. You know, you hit the event horizon and then you're squished. The gravity gradually increases until you reach the event horizon and then you can't get back. So, it, yeah, I, I'm all for making black holes scary again. Um, so, if you want to jump in there, or she... um, I, the, the, I was going to ask, um, what did black holes used to do when they were perilous? But Shan's answered it, um, and apparently they made it, your ship very, very hot. Um, yeah, t- totally agree. Really, really good idea. Black holes should be incredibly dangerous, um, and um, I, don't, I don't know how you'd make that work. The problem with black holes is that you 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 sort of start bumping your head on the problem of the fact that relativity isn't a feature of the elite universe. So you kind of need the ship to, you, you kind of need the ship to have something built into it to stop you getting too close so that you don't experience time dilation. Um, 
and that necessarily means that it keeps you out of harm's way to some extent. Mm. Ben? I'm just thinking what might be really nice would be... Okay, we've got heat detectors, and heat is obviously a mechanic in the game. What about making gravity an actual force in the game as well? So, have gravity actually affecting us when we fly next to massive objects in space? Well, it does with planets, doesn't it? Because you can... Well, you, it does to an extent, but it's, it's basically it's a frameshift drive disabled and then you go crunch. Well, then, then you basically you drop into normal space, don't you? See, I, I would I love that for combat black holes. Can you imagine, like, someone chasing you? And then all of a sudden you... You do a slingshot around the black hole. Flight assist off. Well, no, you flip flight assist off and make a rapid turn of direction and they can't match it and go squish. Are you trying to get a right-angled turn again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ironically, you could do that in the previous games with um, uh, Newtonian physics yeah. being involved. But um, the frame shift drive, the way it's designed, is, is basically... It doesn't allow that kind of uh, mechanic. I mean, I agree that if you you know you drop out, uh, you know when you you drop out uh, near a star, yeah, uh, you've got too close. Uh, basically, what I think is, is if you get to that point with a black hole, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I know. Okay, they're little baby black holes, but I can get to under. I think it's under ten or twenty kilometers from a black hole. And I suspect of our 10, 20 kilometers with a similar black hole in real life, I'd probably be screaming and probably very, very thin and very, very long. You're definitely not very, very thin. Well, Mac Winston has a fantastic idea mm -hmm. uh, on, on the chat. He says, black holes should wipe your save if you get too close. <laughs> Well, since, oh. you get time, since you get time distortion, what it should do is reset your save to what it was like two weeks ago or something. Oh, no, because be if you think about it, if you if you actually think about it, it's actually a good point because nothing escapes the gravity of the of a black hole. Yeah. So therefore, your escape pod won't get away from your ship. It won't have time to activate the, the super cruise or whatever it uses just bang that's it you're gone maybe you appear in a giant library and you get out <laughs> pushing books out <laughs> making patterns in the dust i think that's definitely how it works <laughs> it's funny that you you went there to the 2001 reference i went to the library in ankh-morpork for some reason no, i went to the library <laughs> no, no, nobody went to the 2001 reference <laughs> <laughs> that was an interstellar reference. Oh, was it? Oh, well, there was a bookshelf in 2001, so that's <laughs> what I call it. Just showing my age here. <laughs> Imagine, uh, everybody I mean, in the chat room is telling me off. It was interstellar, right? I know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> to be fair to the, to the game as it is now, the, the problem with making black holes dangerous at all is that you've got, the, as Mac points out, like... They're either they're either absolutely deadly, you lose your save, or they're not. Um, like black holes aren't the kind of thing that you get a bit of a scratch from. Um, no. At least with the current implementation, whereby this the ship not, like ostensibly sh stops you before you get close enough to experience either 
time dilation or any any damage. Um, at least that's kind of plausible in a way. It allows it allows us to see them. Like if it was just that they could damage your ship like a neutron star, and then you could just about get away. You know, it's, it, it would be a, it, it would be a bit. Um, it's sort of you know, that's kind of even less realistic in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, all right, has anybody got anything else to say about black holes? Accretion disks. Now we know they exist. Well, I don't actually know what one is. Would you kind to kindly educate me? Well, if you see in science fiction films, mm. a black hole isn't just a sort of like a, a a blob that refracts light in different ways. If you look in sci-fi films, it, all the debris and stuff like that that goes into the black hole forms a luminescent corona around the black hole, and you're sitting. Oh, of course, it's like like in the the film, the black hole. It's like a a, a whirlpool effect of things falling in. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's not not every single black hole has has them, um, but some do. Yeah, that would be cool to see. I must admit, that would be nice to see. Although, as has already been pointed out, not nice to get close to. So, okay. Well, we'll leave black holes for the moment. I mean, I must admit, I, I would love those things to be scary again. They do, but they do, if you, if you get... The, the, the problem I do have is actually at the moment when you go close to black holes, it does give a fantastic uh, effect um, when you view the through the black hole. And my concern is that if you if you get too close to it, you would die for that view. If you see what I mean. Yeah. But moving on from from uh, the the black hole, one of the other things that was suggested was. Gas mining. Now, this this is something that I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for because, basically, in frontier and first encounters, you could actually uh, fuel scoop from the gas giants as well as the sun. It was difficult to do, but once you did it, you you got quite a quite a bit of buzz from it. Now, what he's suggesting here is taking things a little that one step further, which means actually mining the gas from the sun uh, and having new um, implements and refineries to be able to do that. I mean, what would, what do you guys think to that? Um, as far as ideas for, um, as far as ideas for gameplay go, it's uncontroversial gas, something that we've, lots of people have thought of before. We know that Frontier have at least at some point in the past, planned to implement gas giants as something that we could interact with. Um, and mining in them is, is always raised when any, when, whenever anybody talks about what to do in, in gas giants. Um, I think it's, I think the way that the way that the sub, the submission laid out how it would work is really smart though. The way that, you know, it'd be like, it would be like a cross between mining and fuel scooping. Um, it was clever. I liked it. I mean, uh, there's also the possibility that there might be life for, or, things like that within the uh, uh, the gas giant itself that you'd have to encounter. You could... Yeah, that's, something, that's something that I really liked um, as well. The the, the, um, the this research limpets that exist in the game. I, th- I feel like there's... Um, uh, 
there's not actually a huge amount of um, kind of gameplay that supports being a scientist in the game. You can you can scan things with the composition scanner. You can you can photograph them and you can add them to the codex. But it's not um, there aren't loads of ways to take well there aren't really any ways to take samples of things um, and make any money from them or anything. Using the research limpets that already exist in the game to take samples of gaseous life living in the atmospheres of gas giants, for example, or even the um, or even the anomalies that you can find in space and in Lagrange clouds would be a really, really good use of um, of those research limits. Uh, ben? And of course, you have to say something just as making a coffee. <clears throat> um, I'm just thinking, though, there's an other case where we are literally screaming out for modeling gravity and pressure you don't want to dive too deep into into the gas giant because either you might just keep getting pulled in by its own gravity well and you don't want to get too much pressure because otherwise your ship might just go crunch you want to do the bonehead maneuver don't you ben i do want to do the bonehead maneuver and i definitely do want to jump from within a gas giant I and actually, see. the bonehead maneuver is actually when you jump whilst you're what you do a jump. If I remember, inside of the jump gate, wasn't it? Because then you had yeah. the you had the double whammy of energies or something. Yeah, and that went off and destroyed the Markham homeworld jump gate. Yeah. As well. Correctly. But you're thinking you're thinking of the other way to destroy a big battle crab oh, is yeah. flying into Jupiter and uh, basically making a punch moment. Yeah. But it was insane, though. It was just a bad. You didn't know what it was doing. Yeah. Well, nobody. Yes. Well, yeah. uh, moving quickly away from Babylon Five, but yeah, that kind of. Um, that kind of uh, gameplay really does intrigue me, especially if you can you imagine dog fighting in the in the gas clouds. Oh, that'd be so, so cool. good. So good. Yeah. Your plasma and, accelerator igniting them, that sort of stuff. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. Uh, and, you know, also there could be the ability to harpoon some of the life forms that are flying about there. Not oh, saying anything about space so whales. Good. So good. The, oh, um, on a... Sorry, Sue. The, the um, you know the stat in the if you go into the uh, advanced maintenance thing next mm -hmm. to the fix your paint, there's a stat for ship integrity. Mm -hmm. So that is um, apparently it's a bit of a vestigial it's a bit of a vestigial hangover from um, from beta days when people were arguing about how integrities and ships um, health should work. Um, yeah. And at the moment, there's not um, there's not there's not a, uh, a huge number of reasons for why it exists. Um, if it was to do with the ability of your ship to withstand pressure, it would be um, it would make good use for it. So, for example, you're in a you're in a gas giant. That stat determines which depth you can go to before your ship implodes. Sounds excellent, Shan. Quick, oh, hang on, Ben. Quickly. <laughs> no, 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 no. We we don't want it to m m worry about pressure. Although that's obviously a good thing. You need to be very, very careful about how vulnerable your ship is to being penetrated by space whales. Okay. Um, I'm sure there's something there that I don't Star Trek Voyager. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yes, um, on, on a more practical level, um, if you were to do gas mining, you would presumably then need even more mining modules and limpets and 
goodness knows what paraphernalia to do it. And mining is already um, really equipment slot heavy in terms of what you need to have. So I would ex I would hope you'd have some sort of combined limpet controller in there as well. And there's also the um, the point is okay. So you go gas mining, but how is that any different from mining in a ring other than having different materials in there? Does it need to be? Well, well you need. Go on. Sorry, Colin. No, you can't come. Well, what I was just going to say is, yeah, the, there will be the same kind of things that you would go uh, go through, but you could have different kind of um, uh, docking platforms to land on. I'm thinking, well, everybody wants to land at Cloud City, don't they? Imagine the elite dangerous equivalent of Cloud City in the gas layer of a, of a gas giant. I think that would sell most people for it. Yeah, one, one. If you only had elite feet, you had a figure of Braven appear and go, "Commander, I am your father." <laughs> no, I am altering the deal. Please don't <laughs> pray. I don't alter it any further. <laughs> that, that feels more more like it. I am altering a lifetime pass. Please don't. <laughs> Oh, 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 right. Someone has gone and <laughs> and, and lit the touch paper. Uh, <laughs> you could, um... Cycle Cat now wants elite feet so you can have smoke that comes out of your backside that's coloured. So you can play Walking Tron. <laughs> or red arrows, couldn't you? You could do like your red arrows and when you when you were a kid in the playground, you would do that and put your arms out and pretend to be a red arrow. Anyway. <laughs> Silverine, please distract <laughs> us from this conversation. I'm slightly worried about Shan's childhood. Um, I was—I I had a PlayStation myself. I, I didn't stick my arms out and pretend I was an aeroplane. But um, whatever. Um, uh, mining, gas just, giants. Just, yeah, just to let you know, there weren't PlayStations back in Shan's day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mining and gas giants. We've got. Um, it could be uh, the way it could be different from regular mining is that it could be about scooping um, certain uh, certain gases in the atmosphere, and you, you you could be able to see sort of plumes or whatever visually, and then you'd have to to scoop them before they drift away or or dissipated or whatever, um, and then they, then you could have a similar then you could have like a refinery system by which you condense them into into liquids. That um, that then take up a, a slot in your cargo hold, for example. <coughs> oh God, God, I'm sorry, I'm still coughing like a goddess was here. I don't actually think we need to do this with any extra modules. We've got the fuel scoop module, which could be used. We've got the refinery module, which could be used. Yeah, that's true. That's do we really need anything? Do we actually need anything else? You know, you've got your. Maybe you want to have some kind of probe which flies out and looks for areas, but we've got that already. Yeah, um, we've got all the kit. So then all you need to do is lower your cargo scoop like you do, and instead of it being the 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 radar dotty thing for scooping a canister, it would just be a, here's a nebulous blob of argon gas, go scoop it. Yep. Uh, and that way we've got all these things without actually having to add anything new to the game or any new modules anyway. Yeah, I think it'd be brilliant. 
Okay. Well, um, we have to thank uh, Commander Hunter Sage for, for these ideas or discussion points because, um, and, as Suverian said earlier, they're very well thought out and obviously we've just managed to get almost an hour of content out of them. <laughs> so um, thanks for that. Now, um, next week's discussion, um, please... Send us your thoughts uh, for using the uh, in the email like this. Um, what non-official extra makes Elite Dangerous come alive for you? What enhances your experience? For example, you know we use voice attack and we also use um, uh, the voice packs. I mean, both me and Fozza find them. Uh, they, they make exploring in deep space um, a lot more bearable, if you like. So um, feel free to, to send in any suggestions for these kind of topics that you'd like to hear on the show. Um, now, moving on to the community corner, obviously we do have to salute the truckers for their dusty bento balls convoy that happened over the weekend. Uh, I do apologise. I did want to turn up to that one, but missed it. Um, I think I think you've already touched on on it, Cal, haven't you? Sorry, I've got, I've got to go and find my unmute button. Um, touch, 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 or what? I didn't touch nothing. <laughs> I don't think we have covered it, actually. Grant, have you talked about your dusty pentables yet, or or not? Well, yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was a. Uh, you talked about it at the beginning, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we did. We did. We talked about it. We kind of covered it. Um, it was good. It was really good. It was very good. Uh, let me just see if I can remember because it was. Um, was it Claire Helen and uh, Chris that were running it to try and create an event um, that would unite the Xboxers, the PS4ers and the PC players and create that kind of concept of uh, everyone was part of the same game and I think they managed it, I think they really did. Um, we all died miserably together. So yeah, I think it was quite well covered uh, at the beginning. Okay. Um, we also have quite interesting happened on the forum. Uh, Commander Sonic Scriber created a, a documentary about the fuel rats uh, as part of his college assessment, and he's he's invited people for feedback. Uh, has anybody actually seen this? Because well, I I obviously have. Um, I mean. He, he goes into um, a, a lot of detail about how the the, uh, the fuel rats were formed, which, to tell you the truth, I didn't know um, that it, it was just um, someone went, someone should do this, and it, and basically, before you knew it, a lot of other people decided that's a great idea, we'll join it as well. And he had a couple of interviews, one with the founder of the Fuel Rats and uh, a couple of the people who were were in charge. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a recently well put together video, so um, we're going to put a, a link in the show notes for people to, uh, to view it and give him feedback for his, his college evaluation. Uh, now, Commander El Scobius... It's um, a Scorpius evil twin doppelganger. Um, he's created a video called The Golden Throne. Who can tell me about that? It sounds like Cal's bathroom to me. <laughs> the Golden Throne. It's not iron, is it's it? It's definitely not mine, no. <laughs> no? Okay, well... 
Another thing that has appeared on the forum lately has been uh, another video, this time done by the pilot, again, link in, link in the show notes, who has done a evaluation on the capabilities for the Crate Phantom with some help from the fantastic Scott Manley, um, showing how good it really works as a um, exploration vessel. And to be honest, um, I am now really... I've been flying a, a Crate Phantom now for the last two months, and I, I still... I still have some nostalgia for the Asp, but I feel like the Crate Phantom has kind of taken over from it. Has anybody else found that? Uh, the Asp still has its place because it's pretty much as capable as a Crate Phantom in terms of jump range and stuff, um, but it's substantially cheaper. So yeah. if you can't afford the 70 million or whatever it is to fully equip a Crate Phantom, the eight million of what it does cost an ASP is uh, eminently doable, and also people would argue the ASP has a greater um, cockpit view than the Great Phantom too. Yeah, I will admit if you're multi-crewing in a Explorer, um, both people get a fantastic view, not just the pilot in a Phantom. So, um, oh yeah, Shan, did you have a, a final idea that you wanted to talk about in the last uh, about making the game more fun? Well, I was just going to say, the, the one thing that makes play, playing Elite for me when I'm exploring um, is a, a mysterious program called Netflix. You want in-picture viewers? No, no, I just have two, I have two screens and watch Netflix, but yeah, it'll pop up, it'll pop up Netflix window would be nice. <laughs> that, that actually is something a lot of people um <laughs> already called for i think someone's actually done some some work on putting netflix into the vr environment that would be brilliant that would be really really good in vr there's definitely been done include as well as baby monitors vr <laughs> baby monitors that's <laughs> definitely one for the fatherhood isn't it yeah does anybody have a link to the or, or can anybody tell me where to go for the netflix in vr thing Apart from saying Google, not off the top of my head. I've got a feeling we talked about it several months ago, so it's probably sitting on the Lave Radio website somewhere, but you're probably still quicker Googling it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Normally, our expert for this kind of thing would be Fossa, but um, <laughs> Fossa uh, would know. It's probably in the uh, Elite, Elite VR section of the forum. Well, we, yeah, true. we definitely right. talked about it a long, long, long time so, ago. So, Silverine and Ben, would you like to talk about the Sagittarius Eye documentary Exploring in Style? Yes, would we? Um, yes. <laughs> uh, we've, I yeah, don't know why I get subtitles and no one else does. Actually, everybody Burr, got subtitles. Burr got subtitles. Everybody got subtitles. That it, so, yeah, uh, this is the fourth or fifth uh, of our new docu documentary series. Um Sagittarius Eyes video channel started in early 3304, making our short, minute-long news bulletins. Uh, we stopped those at the end of last year to try something new. And this year, we've been making uh, longer, sort of 20-minute, 15-minute, 20-minute uh, documentaries in which we take a in-depth, discursive look at a topic. Um, and uh, with our all of our normal attention to detail and... Um, uh, utilizing as much talent as we can 
get our grubby mitts on. Um, so you um, say that, and yet I'm one of the voices. It's edited <laughs> by Doctor Toxic, but you know, well, on the other hand, we do have the excellent uh, Commander Burr is another voice. And yeah, true. Was it Daryl Nar is the main narrator? Daryl Nar's sonorous baritone is the um, is the narrator, which people have been commenting on how soothing it is all day. Um, Burr is in it. You're in it. It's just, oh, it's just a it's just a constellation of of, of celebrity talent. And um, there is also some beautiful photography, well, uh, videography. Is that the right word? Videography from SPVFA. <laughs> people, people taking shit porn from SPVFA. Yeah. Video is probably the word. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, the, yeah. So the topic is the South Kruger Renaissance. Um, so a few months ago, somebody, um, somebody in our uh, in in the Sagittarius Eye office said, "Have you noticed that loads of people are flying South Kruger ships for exploration now?" And we're all like, "The word." Stick it on the article suggestions list, and, and we'll we'll get to it at some point. So it went on the pile, um, and then uh, we. Uh, I've just given away what's coming up, but uh, anyway, so that is um, uh, it's we're we're doing an article on that as part of the um, issue twenty two of Sagittarius Eye, which releases on Thursday, Sagittarius Eye magazine, um, and um, we've also turned it into a video as well. So it's a look at. Um, why the South Kruger ships are becoming more popular for exploration, uh, who's flying them, why they're flying them, what the what the the benefits of doing so are, a little bit of a look at the at the at the tech stuff, you know, the the, the stats and so forth. Um, it's about fifteen minutes long and it's very good, so you should go and give it a watch. Uh, I, I totally forgot it was a spoiler for this this upcoming issue as well. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> right. the, Tom, the Tom Holland and Mark Ruffalo of Sagittarius Eye there. <laughs> <laughs> well, who, who was it who scheduled it for release today then? Uh, well, to, yeah, to be fair, we, we, that was planned. We, we did plan, but um, the I think the, the, the fact that it's also featuring in the magazine is probably... Um, <laughs> that was... Oh, well, was they didn't realise on Thursday. Uh, yeah, can, I, can I just point out in my defense please do not put things which are going to spoil things in the show notes <laughs> <laughs> yeah without brackets make, spoilers or something make Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah and they're all ghosts <laughs> oh dear we've turned into sheldon got to stop that all right well what we'll do is we'll um, give out uh, the usual shout-outs. Um, so, obviously, creeping closer than ever, we have LaveCon, uh, which is happening between the 5th and the 7th of July at the Sedgebrook Hall, oh, uh, Sedgebrook Hall Hotel, and is sponsored by Spider-Man Games. Um, we're bringing together the uh, itinerary, and hopefully we'll be able to talk about that soon. Um, it uh, it's going to be the usual shenanigans and I'm thoroughly looking forward to it um, our sister station Hutton Orbital Radio broadcasts on a Thursday at half past eight uh, on uh, and you'll find them at tvforthemug.com or radioforthemug.com if you just want to listen to the truckers um, also we will be um, announcing I think the results for the bad paints job competition at LaveCon um, 
we're, we're going to go through a, a strict judging process, and obviously the, the Scuffria commander will win. Um, the CQC Discord, which can be found at, um, at discord.me at uh, Elite CQC, um, all one word, uh, that is where commanders who want to match up for elite uh, CQC act, um, matches can uh, can find each other. Um, I must admit, it's, it seems to be quite busy at the moment, so um, if you want to get that elusive fourth ranking uh, up a notch or so, that's the, that's definitely the place to go. So, um, do we have anybody with um, any other business before we hand over to Commander Wotherspoon and his fantastic Galnet News? I do want to very quickly say that we're still taking any entrance for the damage ship competition where you can win a paint job. So if you want to submit your entry, give us a little story as to how you got into such a horrendous state and send that and some email and some pictures of your broken up ship to info at laveradio.com. And I would just like to point out to... Um Commander Psycho Cow, that the prize is not a tramp stamp. <laughs> I was also about to say it's a shame this isn't the olden days because I always wanted us to say and send your answer in a stamped address envelope too. <laughs> oh God. I never ever sent anything in a stamped address envelope. I sent in a postcard because we were posh. So, um, well, if everybody if everybody's happy, then um, we'll just say uh, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, facebook.com slash laveradio, at laveradio on Twitter, and you can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash laveradio. You can join our TeamSpeak server, where commanders like to come out and chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight uh, and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, uh, thanks to Commander Shan, thanks to Commander PsychoCow, thanks to uh, Commander Edelweiss, and thanks to Commander Sovereign, and thanks to all the commanders who have joined us in the chat channel uh, tonight. So, until next time... Fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's like someone having an orange inserted. <laughs> <laughs> Need a safe word for space can be done. I'm gonna see the galaxy.
worries, guys. Hold the fort for two seconds. I'll be right back. Galnet News Digest, 11th of June, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Kincaid on the rocks as Yamamoto spills the beans. Unchain, unsettled by Petraeus Heartland Purchase. Truckers haul their balls to the disco dance dust. Kincaid on the rocks as Yamamoto spills the beans. Alliance President Kincaid's position is looking increasingly untenable this week, following a breakthrough plea bargain in the Fazia Silva murder case. Following his arrest by the Alliance Interpol, Admiral Frederick Yamamoto of the Zayance fleet has apparently admitted to carrying out a string of offences, including the poisoning of industrialist Silva, on the direct orders of the then presidential candidate Gibson Kincaid. This case is not a nuanced investigation into whether the president was aware of what was happening. According to Yamamoto, Kincaid was right at the centre of planning murder, attacks on and intimidation of those who stood in the way of his path to the presidency. But there's more. The entire Kincaid conspiracy was bigger than one man's political ambitions. It planned to move the centre of control of the alliance from Alioth to Zeonce, with Kincaid as the alliance supreme leader. And the network of corruption and criminal intrigue ran deep through the political and business elite of the Zeonce system, including some of the most senior officials of the Bank of Zeonce, on which all Pilots Federation members, as well as the Federation and the Empire, rely for their financial needs. The Bank of Zeonce illegally funded not only Kincaid's presidential campaign, but also bankrolled the underlying dirty tricks and criminal activity, including the murder of Fazia Silva. Let that thought sink in. The bank that guarantees the money supply for the entire galaxy was directly complicit in the murder of an Alliance politician. If ever there was a time for the Federation and the Empire to set up separate, trustworthy banks using their own currencies, that time is surely now. Unchain Unsettled by Petraeus Heartland Purchase Anti-slavery campaign group Unchain has expressed its concern over the mass purchase of over 4,000 imperial slaves in Senator Denton Petraeus's home system of Eotiensis. The private purchase by Tilbury Construction is to provide labour to build a new water treatment plant serving Port Isabel. It's a highly unusual arrangement. Imperial servitude normally carries some dignity, and slaves are treated well. Bringing large numbers of slaves together for manual labour creates the conditions for potential ill-treatment of the indentured labourers. 
Unchain is concerned that Tilbury Construction's CEO, Garrett Klein, is inexperienced in managing large construction projects, and that Tilbury Construction is a startup seeking to overcome initial difficulties by buying the slaves, something else that creates the risk of mistreatment. Senator Petraeus, who runs Eotiensis, and Princess Ashling Duval, who sponsors Unchain, were rumoured to be sweethearts back in 3301. If the present situation escalates, they could soon become less old flames and more heated opponents. Truckers haul their balls to the disco dance dust. The Hutton truckers and many of their friends and allies undertook last weekend to transport disco balls from Bento to the Gay Wen system, home of the famous Dance Dust. Several hundred truckers took part, and despite significant losses of both truckers and their balls, more than 9,200 balls were safely delivered. Top pirate of the night was Commander Alex S. North, who impressed all those he pirated by his gentlemanly conduct while helping them by lightening their load. The convoy was intended to encourage the organisers of next month's Lave Radio Network conference, LaveCon, to hold a disco, instead of the deathly dull book readings. Although, in reality, this seems a forlorn hope. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. If you got some balls, they're dusty dancing around. If you really want to help Alvin out, then truck those balls in your hole. Ooh, truck us some dusty bento balls. Stick them in your aspen, truck them. Truck us some dusty bento balls. They're shiny white balls that make you move. So truck some balls. Say every 
trick if you got some balls that dusty dancing around. If you really want to help, have it out and drop those balls in your hole. Tuck off some dusty bantle ball walls. Put a stick in your hole and truck them. Truck us some dusty bantle ball. The liquid milk, jiggling, giggling, giggling, come So trick us some balls. What's that smell? That smells like Megajin. Ah, well, that don't bother me none. As long as I get my balls delivered. Truckers, I gotta get back to Bando. Cause I think I got trouble. Oh, man. Cecil, baby. You just ejected my balls! Help me! My balls went splat! Help me, Cecil! My balls! They're, 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 they're sparking! Get me some limpets! Eject a, a heat sink on me! My balls! My balls are exploding! Oh, oh my goodness! Spin it on! Blow on them! Do something! Check out some dusty bamboo balls to give in your hole. Check them, we're fine, baby. Check out some dusty bamboo balls. Blow them out. Oh, it's burning. No, my balls are burning. Check out some balls. Check out some big fat liquid filled lead line dusty bamboo balls. Mother truckers.